Welcome back to another episode of Less is the New More, where we explore interior design inspiration that allows us to be more ourselves at home. I am joined by the ever so wonderful Ash from Tove Interiors. Hi guys. And I'm Claire from Amila Studio. So today we are taking it very casual to kickstart our casual, <laughs> it's like casual Fridays, ca- casual pod day off. It, is today's yeah. topic is going to be a little bit more cash it is very cash we're just kind of having a little convo about why we decided to start creative businesses and kind of how we've gotten here because we know that our episode where we discussed us getting into design that went really well everyone really seemed to resonate with that conversation so we thought we might give people you, love us yeah we thought we might give you a little bit more we'll spill a little bit more tea um, for you guys so that is the episode today so let's get stuck into it okay though before we do okay we're not gonna get stuck into we're it. we're not getting stuck into <laughs> it I have a story yeah that I have been wanting to tell you to be fair, this happened last night. So I've been wanting to tell Claire for 14 hours in total. But I was like, I'm going to wait. Killer, 14 and hours. 14, like, that is 14 hours. I haven't slept. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Yeah. I have been saving. My in-laws bought me an Indota gift card. Mm-hmm. Um, Lux. Yeah, beautiful, so right? Nice. They know me so well. Yeah. And I've been saving it for the perfect moment. I'm usually the kind of gal, you buy me a voucher and in two seconds it's gone. Like yeah. I've spent it. But I was like, I'm going to be. Next day, book. Next so day, done. 100%. But I was like, I'm going to be mature and I'm going to wait until I really need a massage, which happened to be yesterday. I don't yesterday know why. Yesterday was the day. Yesterday was the day. Required. I had, I had probably, I don't know, my shoulders were sore and I was like, all right, this is the moment that I've been waiting for. So I call and luckily they had a cancellation and I book in and honestly, so I get there and you know when you see your masseuse and you know in that moment, this is not going to be good. It was, you could see it from the get-go. I could see it from the get-go. So this girl, I've I've been taken into that, you know, and Dota's got that luxe room where there's music on that makes you want to. I don't know what it makes you want to do, but it just float away. Maybe I'm not yeah, I just sure. want to float I'm away. Not sure where you and they give you they give you that tea that I'm convinced has something in it because it always leaves me super relaxed. Anyway, I'm drinking my tea, sipping away, and this masseuse comes up to me about twenty centimeters away from my face, and she's um, like, like under the table. You do me? No, like, no, you I'm, not, t- I'm not. Oh, in like I'm just in the waiting room. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm picturing her under the table no. looking through that little okay. hole. I haven't okay. even made it to the massage room. Got it, room. got it, got it. She comes up to me, she's about 20 centimetres away from my face and she's like, are you ready for your massage? And I was like, oh, I don't know, like at this point. So I was like, yes, I'm ready. And she was like, do you need to use the toilet before you go in? And I was like, that's not a bad idea. Like the last thing you want is to need to you know, evacuate your bladder yeah, yeah. midway through a massage. I have been there. That's a story Ooh. for another time. And did they push on your bladder and you peed? <laughs> I, ran, I ran out of there naked to go <gasps> to the toilet. Oh, my gosh. Okay, it was a good time. Anyway, definitely going on. Anyway. So I thought she would just point me to the toilet. But she takes me all the way to the toilet and stands in the doorway and she was like, this is where you'll use the bathroom. And I was like, okay. So she like, like welcomed you welcomed to the to toilet. me to the toilet. Okay. And then said, I'm just going to wait for you right here. And stood directly outside the cubicle toilet door. Oh, no. 
which made me really nervous to pee. I bet there's a bit of pressure going on Yeah. There. So I, I pee and open the door and she said, how'd you go? <laughs> and I was like, I've been potty trained for many years. Thank you. I know what I'm doing. I was like, oh, fine. Thank you. Anyway, I'd kind of just kissed this massage goodbye. I was like, this isn't going to work, you know. Anyway, get in there. And that she does my back. It's an hour massage. You know how they're like, okay, I'm now going to get you to turn over and I'm going to lift the towel In up. that voice yes, too. Yes. I was like, I'm going to lift the towel if you can please turn over. I turn over and her voice goes from calm and she was like, oh my goodness. And I open my eyes because, you know, I kept my eyes shut. Yeah. And I open them. She's like, there's blood all over your face. What? There was blood. I don't know. Obviously, I had gotten a blood nose and not felt it or like I didn't taste blood like I didn't I don't know oh when. my goodness and it has smeared like all over my face oh my goodness to the point where I've terrified this girl like a petrified cat <laughs> she was actually terrified she didn't want to continue the massage she thought she had done something oh to make no. and I was like no I'm fine and in my head I'm like we're wasting precious minutes here, yeah, girl. Yeah. Let me wipe my face <laughs> yeah. and we are good to Get go. On with Get on massage. with this massage. Yeah. But she was like, I think there's something seriously wrong with you. And I was like, no, I don't think there is. I feel fine. Like, I feel fine. I'm sure you would have known. Like if this was a dire moment. Yes. You probably would have like, known. Girl, it's not my first rodeo, my first nosebleed. We're good. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. wrap this up. Was so, she then also like giving you a she massage? She was too scared. Very like yeah. soft. There was softly. no pressure <laughs> following on from that. She was like, I'm going to break this girl. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> she's there thinking, I already have. <laughs> I've broken her. So she gets on with a massage, bless her soul. And then at the end, she's like, okay, we're all done. I just want to look up your nose. (laughs) (laughs) Snorted. And she she gets her face all the way up my nose. She's back to that 20 centimetre. And she was like, I think you're good. I will get you a cup of tea now. And that was it. That was my massage. Oh, my goodness. Was it just pouring out onto the floor? It must Well, yeah, it was like on the, like, like... Life was, was so there embarrassed. There was a hole in the there table. There was a hole yeah. in the table. So it was just funneling it, out <laughs> into the floor. <laughs> it had been funneling out and they had also like, they'd put a towel around so it had just like bunched all into the towel as well. I was embarrassed but like this poor girl, I think she really, I don't know if she's retired now but she really thought That's she'd That's the last me. massage she's ever doing. Uh, yeah. That's it. It's yeah. over. I did get the like after, you know, when they send you an email where they're like, please review your experience with us and I was like, Send your girl to psychology because I think I've really scarred her. She really thought she'd broken me. But I just thought I needed to tell you and apparently I needed to tell everybody else in the world because I just couldn't believe it happened to me. I'm very happy that you did. But this is not the first time this has happened to me in terms of like in the past six months, you know, in movies where like the husband wakes up and he slowly opens his eyes and he looks at his like beautiful wife and she's sleeping. Yeah. Okay. Sleeping so sleeping soundly. so soundly and beautifully. Three times in the past six months, Ben has woken up, opened his eyes and I've had blood all over my face. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what's going on? Yeah. Didn't I just get random? You know, I probably have an aneurysm in my brain. And I'm <laughs> have just you like, had this checked out? <laughs> oh I think this is your, your call to go and get it yeah. checked out. Yeah. If there are any like, I don't know, blood people listening. <laughs> blood people. Can you contact me if I have any issues? But anyway, I think that's enough. I don't think people need to hear about my blood anymore. Just, Thank you for sharing. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Thank you so much. But on a more beautiful note, Claire. <laughs> yes. 
tell me. Yes. Tell me why you decided to start a Miller. Well, See that transition there? Wasn't that beautiful? It really was. <laughs> and a little wink too. Well, yeah, we decided today we would, you know, talk all about our creative business journey, I suppose, which admittedly mine is so very short because I haven't even really launched a Miller Studio yet. I feel like <clears throat> although officially it's short, it's mm. not short. Yeah. Like this is something that it's has like, been brewing for a really long yeah, time. Yeah, there's a lot of things that have kind of contributed to this point. And I suppose that's probably something that I wanted to touch on as to like why start a business. I was kind of going through, I suppose, the key points that would have brought me to this conclusion and I wasn't looking very far back and then once I started looking really far back, I was like, oh, there's actually been so many key points where businesses I've worked for have given me such wonderful opportunities that have kind of given me the knowing that I can do it on my own. So I used to work for Complete Kitchens, who they're out in like Oakley South, when I first moved over to Melbourne. And when I worked for them, they decided to bring Aaron World to Australia, which that is an Italian uh, custom joinery company. And for whatever reason, I was the person bringing it to Australia, like I was the point guard, which now I think about it, I picked everything that went into our showroom. Their catalogues are all written in Italian. I can't read Italian. Um, <laughs> there. Do they have reference pictures? Yeah, there were pictures okay. there and like <laughs> measurements, but hard to understand like the colours and the conversion and like all those sorts of things. And so, not to make you sound old because you're not old. <clears throat> but back then they wouldn't really have had like Google Translate to the same capacity, you know, in terms of like now no. you can just take a photo and it tells yeah. you what's going on. And when I really think about this I was like 23 like who was I to make those decisions and it was one of those things that I really think that the more naive you are the better in a way because I was so naive to understand that that was like such a huge responsibility I didn't understand that I was just like oh yeah great I can do that and just did it so selected all of those products we got everything uh to Australia you know shipping containers full making sure that they got all through customs like all those sorts of things and then I went to Italy for like Milan Design Week by myself to then meet with Aaron Weld and like they're a family run business like huge huge global business but still family run and like they had a big sit down dinner and like all these things that now I reflect on and I think my goodness so those sorts of opportunities I think started planting the seed that you kind of can do anything like if you just go yeah I'll do it if you have enough desire you really can and that's been our mentality this entire podcast experience yeah you and I like yeah, all right. Like, we'll give it a go and yeah. see what happens. Yeah. And it always eventuates into something good. And I think that a level of naivety has its perks. I totally agree. I think that if you weren't so naive and if you knew all the things that potentially could go wrong or how big things like you think, oh, I'll just like chew that off. Perfect. And then if you knew how 
much time, how much effort will go into it. It could scare you off. So I do think that by being naive is a huge perk. And I have the example that Nick and I, when we moved to Melbourne, we decided to start a watch label. We kind of didn't really even decide to start a watch label. We just thought we could design a watch and let's see how we go. So I designed this watch. So we just went through the motions of like, oh, this is where you get it made. Like we went to a few um, fact, we didn't go there, but you know, researched a few factories, went through the motions, got samples put together, then got samples sent to us. And then once you receive the samples, you're like, oh, they look great. Well, now what we got to do is order them and sell them. Okay, so then we'd order them and then we're like, well, now we need to sell them. So we need an e-com store. Great. How hard can it be? We'll just start an e-com store. We sold those watches until they're all sold out. And then we're like, that was fun. Moving on. No, again, so naive. The next example would be uh, at Smarter Bathrooms where we used to work. Uh, They started a new brand called Batch, which was more... batch bathrooms, batch kitchens where you could order the whole room in one go and it would just all get delivered to your door for you to install it yourself. So that was another example where again, they just like handed me the reins and were like, off you go, like figure it out, get all the branding done, get the website done, pick all the product, who are the suppliers, We all these things that Now I reflect on and go, my goodness, like what crazy opportunities. And it means that now for me to start a business that I really want to start and that I really feel compelled to start, it doesn't seem that huge because I'm like, well, like I've done it a few times before with other people's guidance, of course, like there have been other people like pulling the strings, but it makes it a lot less daunting the fact that I've done it before so now that I'm getting stuck into a Miller studio it has actually taken me a really long time to figure out exactly what it is kind of had this vision of you know storytelling and it being a platform that creatives would come to and really be immersed within online but then you can also be immersed in person like with events and um, even venues and stuff like that which that's kind of always been what I've wanted to do but I've never understood that's great Claire but what is it and it's really only over the past few weeks that I've actually understood that so it's kind of only now coming to fruition but I think the key point to getting it off the ground is the fact that I knew that working full-time for someone else was only detracting from me going for it and now that I've actually had the time to really understand exactly what I want it to be and how I can service people rather than just being like oh this would be fun like giving it a little bit more purpose than that It has taken me this long to figure it out, but I don't think I would have figured it out if I didn't have the space Mm. to gain that clarity. It's such a like, even I think watching you on the journey of figuring it out has been... Because you have had a front row seat (laughs) of me being like, it's it's this, no, it's this. What about this? It's been beautiful. I mean, like it's been inspiring for me as a business owner to realise like things can change Mm. and take shape differently to what originally you intend and that is okay you don't have to have a business idea start it and then be like that is concrete what it is yeah so watching you go through that 
has been so invaluable for me. But even just watching it click for you has Mm. been so amazing to watch to the point where I have recently gone on a cruise, a couple of week cruise. And when I left Claire, Amila looked one way. Yeah. And it kind of felt right, but it didn't, you could see it hadn't quite, it wasn't quite what you wanted. Because the wheels weren't quite in motion. They weren't quite in motion. Because they weren't in motion, I was like, why? Yeah, there was something that you were like, you're very good at investigating. Yeah. And then I came back and you had investigated it fully. Yeah. And you could tell you were resolved. I think that was the difference is Mm. you've come, I've come back and we've chatted and it is so resolved in your mind that this is what a Miller's purpose is and Mm. why you're doing it. And it it settled, but it's taken you intentional investigation. And I think that's what makes you different to hustle culture businesses Mm. is this business is an art form for you it's not a quick buck no and you're not expecting it to be a quick buck because I really want to set up something for myself with longevity like I want a 30-year company and I'm like what does that look like so if I've got 30 years to make it happen that whole quick buck thing it's not going to service me. The sheer fact is that I actually want to do something with purpose and enjoy the journey, not the destination, which I think is very different to the roles that I've had in the past where it's kind of been more a destination focus, like, oh, now I'm here, I want to get that job title or that responsibility, I'm going to get that under my belt. Now, I don't know whether it's because I'm getting older, I don't know, but I'm like, I need to enjoy the day to day. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, it's your 30s. Maybe we should rename this podcast like Entering Your 30s. Because Entering Your 30s with Excitement. I am not understanding, maybe it's because I'm still a year away from it, but I don't understand when people are like, I'm turning 30, I'm feeling anxious and depressed. I'm like, get me to 30 because. This is where it That's all, where I want to be. This is where it all clicks. I want to be an age. It all falls into place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it could all fall into place at any age. Yeah, 29. But this is just the, the age that, you know, seems to be right mm. for me. People say like, oh, you know, I started a business for money. Like that is not a key objective at all for me. But I have a belief. If I'm living out my purpose and actually – living with intent and having a business that's built on intent, that will just come. Mm. It will just be a byproduct. And I think like in both of us getting to know each other over the past couple of months, like Claire and I took a two-year sabbatical, I'm sure you've heard. Yeah. We've asked, we talked in yeah. the podcast before. So, so us getting to know each other has been here for all of you, like recorded yeah, for exactly. you guys, for exactly. your pleasure. <laughs> you've come along the journey with yeah, us. But exactly. We both have aligned so well in we don't want our business to be our identity Mm -mm. or what triggers success to us I think one of the things that I'm so grateful for is that if Tove were to fail tomorrow I would be okay yeah because I don't put my identity in the fact that I am a business owner or the success of Tove or anything like that Mm. and I think we've more just found a avenue to be creative yes, and the perk is that you get paid for it. That that is really all it is. And that you can kind of, how you were talking about changing direction and pivoting, you have the opportunity to 
do that when mm-hmm. you're making up the rules. Yep. Whereas you don't really have that opportunity yeah. if you have a role that you need yep. to tick off these objectives so yep. that someone else's business can shift forward. Yep. You don't really have that flexibility to no. kind of manoeuvre. It's definitely a hard mindset to get into though when you've worked in like like, it's not corporate but like in the corporate world where you're working for somebody else I mean I worked for somebody else for eight years Mm. and in running my own business I am now having to unlearn the fact that it doesn't have to be nine to five yeah it doesn't have to look a certain way from day to day it can be 10 to 4 it can be I need a day off or it can be like I need to invest in myself as a business owner or as a creative or it can pivot I need to get that massage I need to get that (laughs) massage (laughs) heck but I am still unlearning like I will still walk away from a day and go if I haven't sat in front of my computer from 9 to 5 I haven't worked hard enough yeah and that is a really difficult mindset to unlearn but mm. it is a valuable lesson to learn because I Very think you get so. more out of life. Your work takes up the majority of the hours in your life that yeah. you're awake. Yeah. And so it needs to work for you and it needs to be enjoyable. And we need to get out of this mentality that it is churn and burn because yeah. that doesn't have to be the reality that we live in. I think that by doing something for the love of it just gives – life so much more purpose like dean if you didn't hear our last podcast which if you didn't hear it go go back back to it (laughs) we interviewed robbie and dean from eva built yeah and we asked them to summarize their business in one word and bless dean's heart he said love i think that that is actually the ultimate way to define a business and it really shone through seeing them and the way that they talk and their community around them everybody's like so engaged and they're just there to build each other up and I think that it's a great thing for us to see yeah definitely so now that I've rabbited on tell me your why why did you start Tove are there particular key points that now you reflect on and think oh that's why because I don't think you can tell at the time. No, I think I think I, I have a very like obvious, this is how Tove began. Mm-hmm. But I think in understanding why I decided to become a business owner, probably pegs similar to you quite far back. Mm. I've always, in every role I've been in, I have been promoted to management. Yes. Um, and I have wanted that, like I've strived for yeah. that and I've... Yeah always had a passion of I think at the time I would say it was like training people but I think when I look at the core values of why I like training people it more comes down to mentoring Mm. people so I think I always enjoyed the aspect of creating something with purpose I think training people get like had this really intentional relational purpose that I liked but I don't think that comes into play as necessarily why I started Tove, but it comes into play now when I realise like I was always meant to start Tove. Like it's it, it seems it, obvious that you're like, oh, seems, there was a stepping stone there, there, yeah. there and there. Of course, this exactly. is where I've landed. Um, but you've heard me say before, I had kissed interior design goodbye. Mm. Um, I, I was wondering who you were going to say you kissed then. <laughs> 
was like, oh, she's spilling the tea tonight. I've a lot of people. <laughs> just Ben. I love Ben. Um, but I, about two and a half years ago, maybe a little bit longer, found myself in a position where I was burnt out to the core. Mm. Um, and I don't think it was necessarily just the role. I, there were so many factors at play as to why I was feeling really burnt out. But I, at that point, the capacity levels that my brain had, had turned it into, okay, it must be interior design. Sure. It, that was like the, you're like, this is the cause. This yeah. is the causation. I've got it. I think I've so. figured it out. And I let's think, delete that. And let's delete interior yeah. design. That's obviously not for me. And I think that the correlation there was also a lot of, and I'm, I want to word this wisely, a lot of interior designers that are household names have contributed to a culture that is interior designers are running 24-7. They should be available 24-7, build sites, stressful. They're up at 7, 8. Like there is this. And almost is almost on call. Yes, Always this on, on call, call nature. Sorry. And so I think in feeling burnt out at that time paired with my reference points of successful interior designers Mm -hmm. led me to go I don't think that this is the industry for me even though at the age of 14 this is what I wanted yeah yeah and so I um, resigned from my position and gave myself a little bit of headspace Um, I just took some time off essentially Mm -hmm. and didn't really I kind of just bummed around and didn't really do anything and my brother-in-law called me one day. I think he had been sitting on this for a while and he was just giving me some space, but he It's almost like space to decompress. Decompress. <laughs> he he gave me space to do that before he called me and gave me some pretty fair words. Yeah, okay. And <laughs> he was very kind and a lot of it was just investigating like how are you? What have you been doing? okay, sister, what's your game plan kind of thing. And I had said to him, this is, I'm kissing interior design goodbye and this is why and I was very firm and that's it. And he kind of restructured my belief a little bit and he was like, why would you say goodbye to something that you're so good at? Thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> yes, I yeah, am. Thanks. And that he knew I loved all because of like maybe one short-term experience. Yeah. And so... It's almost like saying I've broken up with a partner so now I'm never going to have a partner again. Yeah, it was. And at the time, like that's just where my brain was. And like I said, there were so many other factors to it. Like being transparent with people on here, like there was health that were coming. Like there were so many things going on in my life at that time But he was like, haven't you ever thought – to him, I think he was like, you're such a numpty. Like, haven't you ever thought of opening your own business? The thought had really never crossed my mind to start my own. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Like, I always thought – I actually did always think I would have something of my own at some Mm -hmm. point. But I probably never really thought about an interior design firm or, like, what that would look like and, and all of that. It's not something that I dreamed about doing. Yes. And so he had said, have you thought about doing this? This gives you freedom to explore what does interior design look like in a non-hustle manner. Um, You can, you call the shots, like Mm. you can. And at that point, 
I had a lot of blockers popping up, like there was financial blockers and there was, you know, just mental blockers, like, is this going to exhaust me? And I was kind of, and he was so good. He was like, I'm going to work through this with you. And basically invested so much time into me, into setting things up, into making sure that it was a viable business. Yeah. Um, and because he's a builder and a business owner. He's a business owner. owner yep. Himself, he has, right? he, if you know, if you're listening from Perth, he is a fabulous builder, boutique yeah. builder in Perth. And he had been running his own business at that point for, I think, six years. So I think he's sitting around his eighth mm-hmm. year at this point, yes. or something like that. And so he was really the one that planted the seed, and that's how Tove really came about and so I would say it took somebody really believing in me Mm. and knowing me probably more than I knew myself at that point like I know that sounds really corny and he's probably going to listen to this and be like no I just had a random thought and that was it. I think there's sometimes people can be removed that it's so obvious. Yeah. And like, look, also he's strategic. He had a design gap in his business at that point. And <laughs> so, he, came, so he was like, this can plug that hole. But yeah. I think he was also... But it meant you had work, right? It meant I had work straight off you the could, bat. yeah, go into it. He was just removed enough to recognise the situation and recognise a solution. And so that's how Tove came into existence. And I think there are things like why Tove, like why have I structured it the way that I have structured it? And I think it's because I genuinely believe, this is going to sound so corny and weird. I think it's hard to be a creative in this world. Like I think that when you are to the core a creative, we don't think in the same linear way that the world kind of runs. Yeah, I agree. I think boxing us into a, I make us sound like we're this special breed, but I do think boxing us in this nine to five capacity, sit at the same desk every day kind of concept doesn't really work. And so then I think I was like, well, how do you be a creative, provide a service, be a business without burning out just because it's too linear? Mm. And so Tove has been more about okay, well, give my space, give myself space to be creative, give myself space to work 10 to 4, mm. don't sit at your desk every day, mm. go find inspiration, do all of that. And because of that, I have churned out some of the best designs I've ever done. Yes. Because I'm, I feel different, it's a different space, it's a different capacity, it's just different. You've given yourself this like fluidity to yeah. explore and yeah. do things in the way that work yeah. for you rather than what society and other businesses yeah. tell us we should do. I think learning that clients don't care how you get to the final outcome oh as long goodness. as you get to the final outcome. Yes. So why am I boxing myself in yeah. to sit in front of my computer? Like, yeah, like Tove's. The purpose is to be able to be fluid. I'm not there yet. I'd be completely lying if I said that I am free and, you know, I still struggle with that on a daily. I feel guilty when I'm not in front of my computer at 9am. I feel guilty when I go home early, like all of that. But to the core, people don't care what you do with your day. As long as you're getting what they're paying for and they're enjoying their experience and they're trusting you and then like why do we put ourselves – under all this pressure Mm. to work more than maybe we need to. There is room for everyone to kind of 
find their own yeah. fluidity yeah. and this is just what and yours it looks like. It doesn't have to look the same mm. and I think that's the generation that we're in now. Yeah. So with that, with things not having to look the same, tell me, what are like non-negotiable parts of your business? Like what is it where you're like, I am not running a business without X, Y, Z or mm. I'm not running a business to achieve X, Y, Z maybe. Like what, what does that yeah. look like for you? Okay, so my non-negotiables. I learned so much by going through an exercise with my therapist to find out what my values are, mm -hmm. which I think... Mm, give if, me this exercise. Yeah, well, if anyone has the opportunity to do it. She just got out like children's flashcards, which have... <laughs> Were you in that values. moment like... Uh, <laughs> well, because I thought I was a bit more because next to me there was like a child's table. Like she worked with children as well. Claire. Maybe she only works with children. I'm not sure, but she, um, you know, opened it up, being like, I think that this could because. I was struggling at the time to understand like direction and she's mm. like what are your core values and I was like oh I don't really like I can't just reel them off she's like let's find that out this is a fun exercise she's like I think you'll get a lot out of it let's see great children's flashcards that have the value at the top and have like a little picture of like a cartoon little cat like doing the Aww. action type thing. So the way it works, you go really through. really into cats at the moment. I know, there's like this running theme. So you go through the cards and she shows you the card and the first round you just say yes or no. Okay. So whether you value it in some shape or form or whether it's like don't really think about it, nap. Then you go to your yes file and you have to go through each card individually and explain why. Like, why do you value that? How does it show up for you? So then again, yes or no, yes or no, yes or no. And then it goes into the last pile of your yes. You then have to rank them from number one right through. So I think I had like eight. So then I ranked them number one all the way through as to what I thought, like, oh, I value that a little bit higher than that, ruddy, ruddy, ruddy. So by figuring that out, I have then been able to understand like my personal filter of what I value in my life and it is the same for what I value in my business. So it really has that crossover. But if my business doesn't align to my personal values. What's the point? Yeah, I'm going to wake up one day and be like, well, I'm unfulfilled because these are my values and this is the business I work in every day and they don't align. So by figuring that out has helped me so much mm. because then I can apply a filter to every decision that I make, every brand or business that I want to work with almost has to go through mm. this filter because if they don't align I'm not going to enjoy yeah. working with them yeah. it's not going to be the right fit four key values are creativity sits very high so I realized that when I wasn't being creative that I was like something is missing I'm so unfulfilled it's because I wasn't creating. Another one is empathy so the ability mm. to actually understand where people are coming from and yeah. just try to understand, try and, you know, that whole walking a mile in someone else's, else's shoes. If I can continue to do that, I'll be on the right path. Communication, which 
I kind of put honesty and communication kind of under the same umbrella that I want to be able to communicate my needs and I want other people to be able to communicate that to me openly and honestly Mm. because if we're not doing that, I kind of think, what are we doing? Mm. Like why are we working together, being friends? Like I think it crosses everything in life. Like why are we down this direction if we can't communicate openly with the people who we surround ourselves with? Another big one, particularly for my business, is storytelling. So I really want to be able to grab that open and honest communication and kind of package it in a way that tells a true story, which other people don't necessarily see or put value on. Again, it's probably back to like your example of your brother-in-law seeing something so clearly, but you not necessarily understanding it. <laughs> that song's popped into my head. I can see clearly. Yeah, now. exactly. <laughs> so like the third time I've sung to these people <laughs> since we started this podcast. Should put an album together. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put a little compilation yeah, together. A Lester's playlist and it'll just be me yeah wow apologies (laughs) that'll be a good one to have on repeat yeah so storytelling I think that I often can I suppose draw out the true story behind a brand or a business and figure out their why that I really think is so valuable for people to know and to Mm. understand because it puts more value on a service or a product that people otherwise can't see that storytelling piece is so important to me my business in particular but it crosses over to life because you know without stories what do we have so is this why like I'm putting all the pieces together now when Claire and I well we started the podcast and then maybe four weeks in we were like we should actually sit down and talk about what this looks like if something happens with it and we talked about our values we did and we were both so thrilled and I think a little bit relieved as well that our values aligned to the extent that they did yeah I'm now realizing why you asked me that question just talking casually in the car but in the background I was like I know what mine are but what are yours yeah because the people that we surround ourselves with yeah if we don't align with their values it will soon come to light and there's an opportunity for it to cause friction 100 percent. and I think even not necessarily friction like arguments, but I think even friction in yourself. Like I know mm. when I surround myself with people that don't align, which at times gives you growth. Like I think there's a yeah. time and place for that. Yeah, but also, you, yeah. yeah, I think sometimes it can give you internal t- turmoil. Yeah. Um, and so I think that if you're looking to do something with someone day to day, I don't think you should find the exact version of yourself like because although you and I align a lot we're very Mm, different people and and I think that that's a good thing yeah because we do grow in that aspect but I think if you're pushing the envelope to the point where you're surrounding yourselves with people that don't align to the capacity where it's giving you anxiety and stress and because you can almost feel like you're not being seen yeah if people yeah truly don't align with your values yeah kind of like what on to you Yes. Tell me a lesson or lessons mm. that you've learned in business. What are really yeah. the key takeaways that you can give us at this point? Yeah. Because I'm sure it's going to change. She's just a baby. She's only yeah. two years old. I don't think I expected how much running a business requires you to learn and develop yourself. Like I know that sounds so dumb 
Like no, obviously, it doesn't. Like it professional, doesn't yeah, professional development. Hundred percent expected that. Mm. I didn't realize how much I had to grow personally, and so I think really the biggest lesson I have had to learn has revolved around people pleasing. Mm. So to the core, I've always been a people pleaser Mm -hmm. to the detriment of myself and my husband Mm -hmm. and all of that and I think that came out a lot when I was working for businesses I think when you have a boss sure and you're a people pleaser at heart it can be incredibly exhausting and no doubt particularly when they pull you up like why did you do that why did you make that decision for the client you're like oh they asked me yeah exactly (laughs) right and I think that I have learned in the past two years as a business owner you cannot be a people pleaser. Mm. It it actually doesn't work. And I mm. would say now I'm not a people pleaser anymore. I am not like I'm going to bulldoze somebody over. Yes. It's not like that. It's more just I don't get the same anxiety and stress mm. around like people pleasing. And you no doubt have learned more of your worth. Yeah. So I think – the reason I've kind of come to, like the reason I've said that, is that two of my main lessons have been um, being firm isn't the same as being rude. Mm. I've been able to establish that doesn't make me a rude person. No. It just makes me a business owner. Yes. And the other thing being nobody is going to fight for Tove except for me. Mm. And so when I'm in situations where I am being wronged and I've and everyone in business is going to come across those situations and I ran into a few I can sit back and take it or I can realize that I'm the voice for Tove and just navigate it in a way that means that Tove's not at a disadvantage Mm. and so learning those two things has made me a better person for sure like I definitely am more comfortable speaking up if I need to not that I need to often, mm. but I think it's just taught me it is okay to have an opinion and have a voice anywhere in life. Mm. How you navigate that is different. I don't think you need to be rude in how you express your opinion. I don't think you need to be pushy and all of that. But it's okay to be like, oh, okay, this doesn't really align. Yes. This is why maybe we're not a good fit. Or And I think it comes back to like there's an underlining notion of your values that Mm. you have that well this isn't aligned with my Mm -hmm. values you can keep like pushing Mm. like you or them whoever people can keep pushing but Mm. you can't mold things that can't be molded in that way yeah and that's okay it is okay it's so okay it's okay for them not to align with me and move on or me not to align with them and move on and this isn't like client relationships I'm very fortunate where all of my clients have just been a dream and like Mm. I've adored them yes it's more just like in business to business and and just kind of understanding how to navigate that and that's required self-growth and business growth and like I am grateful that I get to be a business owner because it honestly provides nothing but growth yeah and that's exciting for me yes and who like then I'm like, who doesn't want that? But I, so it's okay that it's not for everyone. Like, we are very aligned in that sense that we do get very excited, sometimes maybe too excited, about the prospect of growing and 
doing things mm. that really energize mm. us and excite us because we're like we can yeah so let's do it let's and go it can't after be that it hard yeah there's always that element of like if someone else is doing it why can't we do yeah. it like let's just go for it but you're right it's not for everyone not no. everyone that's the lens that we yeah. see life through but not everyone sees life with no. that lens and that's okay <gasps> What a wholesome chat this has been. Oh, it's been I so just, good. A part of me is really sad that it's on a public holiday at like 6 p.m. Because now I'm like, let's go do things. Like, let's I know. smash it. <laughs> let's conquer the world. Let's conquer the world. Yeah. But we will. Because we can. Or we might not and that's okay. No, we will. Yeah. We we want on a, to. On we a, want to, yeah. so we will. And on a weekly, one of us says to the other, do you think we're just really naive? And the yeah. other one's like, yep, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. I think we're we just, just kind of boost each other yeah. up. There is always that element of self-doubt. Like we were only mm. talking about this yesterday, mm. how it's like after every podcast mm. recording, mm. I go through this little spiral every week where I record like today energized as hell having a great time we pack up we Eating say popcorn. yeah <laughs> we pack up we say goodbye and we're like woo and then we message each other being like how great that was so fun what a good time ready ra and then it's like the endorphins yeah they start to wear off they start to wear away and then i start to go why did i say that yeah why did i do that who do i think i am mm. how come i think I can talk like that and give my opinion like mm. who cares who's going to be on the receiving end of that it's like this vicious cycle mm. but because I've got you as like my accountability partner that I'm like oh god like I have mm. to edit this I have mm. to release it because how am I going to explain it to Ash mm. that I'm just a dickhead <laughs> so I can't <laughs> <laughs> and in my yeah. own head because yeah. that's all it is you're just in your own head because then again I release it we get good feedback and I'm like oh, yes. yes so I'm back on that high again and the perfect trend is the weeks where you message and you're like oh I don't know about this yes. I'm like it was great yeah and the weeks where yeah. I message and I'm like I feel I don't think that was good yes. you're like nah yeah so you know what exactly it right. all works out in it, the end if people who are potentially starting a business or have their own business to have someone like mm. that to have a real ally mm. is so valuable yeah. to bounce things off because I do think that not only like with the podcast and the things that we have on the horizon for less is the new more oh yeah very exciting things not only having the two of us to work on that and as you say like back each other that yeah. keep going like yeah. do it you can do that like yeah you can reach out to that company they're a big brand who cares like yeah. let's just do it you don't hear from them oh well and if <laughs> oh, you do amazing exactly like, right you and don't I'm, get the shots you don't shoot oh there we go I think that actually That's the is inspiration. a saying, but I, I think it is a saying. Because she's a basketball fan. However, to me, that just popped into my head. Yeah, yeah, big basketball fan over yeah. here. Well, I think that that is the perfect finisher. I think so too. You know where to find us. Find us on at thenewmore.podcast on Instagram. Love us on Spotify. Love us on Apple. 
I have waited till the very end to say this to make sure she listens the entire way through, but this is my formal apology to my friend Caitlin, one of my best friends, Caitlin in Perth. Hi, Caitlin. When last week I said the only person in Perth that listens to my podcast is my mum. I'm sorry, it's my mum and Caitlin. That was a lie. (laughs) She listens every week. And any other Perth listeners, let us know. We'll give you personal shout outs. Because this is what we're in the business of now. The new segment is shout outs to people we've left behind. Thanks for listening to another episode of Less Is The New. Catch you next week. Bye. Bye.